Hello, everybody, and welcome to Web and Beyond Live. I'm Ray Sidney Smith, president of W3 Consulting and managing director of W3C Web Services, which provides affordable web and WordPress hosting, domain name registration, and other web-related services to small business. I come to you every week for Web and Beyond Live to talk to you about things that are pertinent to digital marketing and productivity, really all things marketing and management for your small business on the Web and Beyond. And so if you have questions, feel free to ask those now, and I'll be happy to try and answer them here while we're live. If you're listening after the fact, feel free to comment on the video or uh, send me a message, and I will be happy to try and answer that either on Twitter or wherever else you want to reach me. Uh, today's agenda is uh, multi-part, and so I'm going to try and get us through all of this. I want to touch base on the 12 Days of Small Business campaign that we've been running and kind of highlight some of the, the people that we have been uh, featuring over the past week. I want to talk about the president's uh, deplatforming and really um, my comments on uh, what happened last week at the Capitol building. Uh, I want to talk about Parler and its removal by Amazon, Google, and Apple and what that means for small business. We'll talk about the CAA 2021, the Omnibus uh, Act that came into uh, being and uh, that will provide more PPP loans. Uh, we're going to talk about some Ben and Jerry's dog treats and how that applies to you. And, uh, and then we'll close out with a little bit of news around uh, Elon Musk and his Starlink internet, his satellite internet program. And so we have a lot to talk about today. And so let's get into it. Uh, so first and foremost, I wanted to talk about the uh, deplatforming of President Trump and what happened at the Capitol building last week. Uh, so like, just first and foremost, we must recognize that what happened last week was an atrocity on the Democratic Republic of the United States of America. Um, this is just unfortunate and sad that this happened. And this was uh, instigated, unfortunately, by uh, the elected official to run the federal executive branch of our government. And so that cannot be understated. And um, that being the case, this is not a political uh, conversation. This is really a small business conversation. And at the same time, as a patriot, as a, as a U.S. patriot, um, I am very much um, you know, shocked and uh, unfortunately um, saddened by the events uh, last week. So I, I know that we're all kind of feeling all of that, but this also really dovetails into a larger conversation about your business and how it is actually being um, you know, managed and whether or not you're complying with the rules that these platforms provide. So in this particular case, the president uh, you know, clearly violated the rules of those platforms. And so often what I see is you out there violating the rules of the platforms. And uh, and when you get caught, then there are problems, of course. So I, wa I want to just kind of go through some of the, the situations here. So for example, uh, the president currently has been uh, deplatformed from uh, They've been basically suspended his account indefinitely for Facebook and Twitter. Um, Reddit um, has uh, banned the subreddit group, the, the subreddit group for Donald Trump. Uh, Twitch has disabled Trump's channel. Uh, Shopify took down two online stores affiliated with uh, the Trump organizations and the campaign. Uh, Twitter, like I said, permanently banned the president's account, uh, while the White House account is is still active and will be passed on to the new president on January 20th. Uh, at, at the current time, uh, they've gone ahead and frozen that. Uh, you know, the uh, YouTube has basically started moderating the videos on uh, the Donald Trump channel and uh, have taken down any misinformation or dis disinformation uh, videos uh, per their um, you know items. Uh, Instagram 
because they're owned by Facebook has also banned uh, him. Snapchat has disabled the, their, uh, his account. TikTok has removed any um, content violating its, uh, you know, pieces and also removed some hashtags. And uh, Discord, Pinterest, uh, Stripe even uh, will no longer process payments on behalf of the president. So this is far more than just social platforms. This is across the board. And what this says to me is that there is going to be a reckoning with regard to not just in the political space. This is in the business space. In this business space, we need to have a, a long, hard look at the type of content that we're producing and whether or not that, that content actually violates the, the rules of the road uh, for these platforms. Now, I also think that's probably a legislative uh, um, conversation that will be had in 2021 into 2024 around uh, the the concepts of whether or not these social platforms should be allowing certain content and should not be allowed certain content or protections uh, for those. I, I happen to be someone who personally am a huge uh, supporter of the, the Section 230 uh, provisions that protect those platforms. But at the same time, we also have to recognize that we need some boundaries for in from in, within which we can have a democratic republic uh, with a vibrant uh, economy, especially a vibrant small business economy. And so we have to keep those things in mind. Now, again, back to this notion that you should be following the rules of the platforms. And this is a reminder that you uh, at any moment can go kind of viral. I hate that word, but um, you know, uh, not that I hate anything, but I, I really do dislike that word. And so the idea that you could get a lot of uh, you know popularity very quickly around a specific post, and that can highlight you to platforms that will then go back and look at whether or not you've been complying with their rules. And so we all need to just take that into uh, account. And that when you, you know, kind of bend some of the rules. I know that uh, for many years I've told folks, you know, what uh, Facebook's uh, page rules uh, tell you that you shouldn't have so much uh, text in the header of your Facebook page. And there was a rule for, for a long time about that. You know, Facebook really didn't, uh, you know, regulate that. So it was a place where you could, uh, you know, kind of push the boundaries of their of their rules. Uh, but it's clearly violating their rules. And if they took those Facebook pages down, I told the business owners they should immediately correct that and uh, be in the good graces of those platforms. So it's just about following the rules here. But this is kind of a, a reminder that we have to uh, abide by these rules. Uh, this isn't a First Amendment issue. Uh, you're a business on a private enterprises platform. And so the best platform for you to be on is your own, the one that you host yourself, your website, whatever you're publishing with your domain, that's what you control. But there's a caveat to that now, which is the next piece of, of news, which is around Parler. So Parler is this uh, platform, the social media platform that I mentioned in a past episode, and they tend to be, you know, kind of uh, right-leaning in terms of uh, not just right-leaning, not conservatively, far right-leaning. These are these are you know basically um, anarchists and other domestic terrorists who are on these platforms who are peddling basically misinformation and disinformation and live in this kind of uh, delusion uh, that that you know is obviously undermining our democracy and uh, and so uh, Amazon Google and Apple all have agreed to remove their applications and to uh, basically turn off hosting Amazon hosts parlor and so they have uh, in essence turned off parlor and this is a uh, uh, a big step. The, the last time this kind of happened was when the white nationalist uh, attack that happened in uh, in 
uh, in Texas and uh, Cloudflare in response to that to those mass shootings in El Paso and and in Dayton, Ohio, they went ahead and uh, you know killed off 8chan, which was another one of these far right uh, you know white supremacist type uh, you know hotspots online. And so we are kind of in that space where we have to be aware that. If you become uh, a host to that conversation, right, say you you build an online community forum on your website or an email forum, and that becomes a hotbed for it, you do run the risk of getting yourself mired in that. So I just wanted to kind of point that out, uh, that we all need to be kind of a little bit um, conscious and conscientious about what we're doing and and how much we are regulating the conversations happening on these. I, I, I make two kind of points here, which are kind of in the marketing space, but also kind of in the protecting yourself space. Uh, one is be mindful of being radicalized uh, by and you and your staff being radicalized by some of this content online. And this really what it does is it conflates government work and uh, political conversation with misinformation and disinformation for somebody else's power. It's honestly easier to be done than you think. You just start on Facebook reading news and then you see a comment and then you go kind of down that rabbit hole of seeing something that, uh, you know, just speaks to you in some way, shape or form. And uh, and many times uh, that ends up being a, uh, you know, kind of an, an entry point into some of these um, radicalized conversations. Uh, this can happen on either end of the spectrum, by the way. This is not just a, a conservative versus, uh, you know, a progressive message here. I'm really concerned about all of us being mindful and being skeptical about what we read online so that we're better able to to discern what is what is truth, what is right, and uh, what is misinformation and disinformation. It's all right to have an opinion. You can disagree with me uh, without being disagreeable, uh, but also without uh, you know missing the mark on uh, reality. And so we need to be very um, careful about those things. And I just wanted to kind of spend this time uh, letting folks know that that is something that is uh, very important to you as a small business because if you're, for example, I, I'm I'm hearing this from many small businesses, uh, small businesses who are in that first phase of the vaccine rollout where their staff doesn't want to get the vaccine because they have been, um, you know, basically misinformed and disinformed about the efficacy of the vaccine and the nature of it and the nature of the of the pandemic. So we need to be very uh, mindful of that. It can affect your business uh, if you are not uh, paying attention to uh, the reality that you, you and your staff are seeing. Uh, next, it's all right to be uh, patriotic. Uh, and I am hopefully being patriotic patriotic here and not being political. My goal here is to be patriotic in the sense that uh, we are uh, bound together as Americans. And for those of you who are uh, from abroad, um, we love you too. <laughs> uh, but, um, you know, but in my particular case, you know, I'm a U.S. based uh, business owner and I embrace my, uh, you know, fellow Americans, uh, no matter what political party you are. But the reality is, is that there is a for democracy, for our democratic republic side, and then there is everybody else, and uh, and and there's a clear um, right side to this, and um, that is to be uh, pro democratic republic, the one that we have uh, founded and have kept intact uh, all these years. So um, you have to be. Uh, mindful and careful about how you navigate those waters uh, over these next uh, months and years as we kind of go back through this process of kind of re um, uh, reestablishing our uh, communal uh, American, you know, uh, experiment. So all of that to be um, said, that takes us along to uh, the next kind of 
uh, piece here in our discussion today, which is that the Consolidated Appropriations Act of the CAA 2021, which was um, the bill um, that came out of the the House, um, H.R. 133, that is the uh, bill that basically extended the components of the Paycheck Protection Program. And I just wanted to uh, let you all know that the, you know, under the CARES Act, originally, uh, the SBA was able to create the Paycheck uh, Protection Program, PPP, and that was the loan guarantee program that helped certain businesses uh, meet payroll needs and other covered operating expenses from the COVID-19 pandemic. Well, the CAA has now um, amended the PPP, and that added an additional 285, uh, 80, yeah, $284.5 billion in funding for the first and second rounds of these, uh, quote unquote, easily forgivable uh, PPP loans. So those will now start to become available. Uh, additionally, uh, the law also puts aside funds for loans made by specific types of institutions. So um, these guarantee loans can be made by community development financial institutions and minority depository institutions, and then also some set-asides uh, for um, by institutions with consolidated assets of less than $10 billion, so allowing for small financial institutions and, and smaller institutions to be able to make those uh, guaranteed loans. So this will hopefully provide a little bit more funding. Again, as I said in the past, this tends to be a little bit, yeah, I, mean, I, don't, I don't, honestly don't know if this is uh, you know, going to help uh, maybe, you know, incrementally in some small way it will help uh, in the short term, but ultimately this doesn't impact the the 4 million to 5 million businesses that will um, be lost over the course of this pandemic uh, because of the lack of real, you know, decisive and quick action on behalf of Congress. And this is really unfortunate. But that being the case, I also want to, um, and there's a comment here, uh, good morning, uh, good morning. I see some comments of good morning, good morning. And uh, and so I, I wanted to uh, uh, move the conversation along to maybe something a little bit more um, happy. <laughs> so Ben and Jerry's went out and put um, uh, put out a new product. These are frozen dog treats. And it turns out that this was actually developed because of an, of an internal policy. They had a pet-friendly workplace policy. So people were allowed to bring their pets into the office and uh, and work and so on and so forth. Presumably, uh, they were not coming into the factories where the where food was being made, but they were coming into the office. And, and so Ben and Jerry's, uh, in essence, uh, you know, had this idea about creating uh, frozen dog treats uh, that were kind of, you know, built on their uh, existing business of ice cream, you know, with all of these fun flavors that they've been creating. Uh, so Ben & Jerry's, which is owned by Unilever, the, the large uh, German conglomerate, uh, they started developing uh, these dog-friendly sweets early last year. Uh, but of course, the pandemic went ahead and delayed it. Uh, but anyway, the idea here is that um, these are called doggy desserts, and they'll be now being sold at grocery stores as well as pet stores. The thing here is that the idea behind the the, the doggy treats, doggy desserts, uh, came from the company giving their culture a um, uh, a kind of a boost, right? Like they they opened up the idea of innovation, and I always find it to be fascinating how businesses sometimes. Uh, stifle innovation by not letting the culture be its own culture and there was a really great opportunity here and they jumped on it and you know whether or not doggy desserts becomes popular or you know a, a, a large part of their business is really not that 
you know, is beside the point. The the real point here is that you need to be looking at your business and seeing how people are actually interacting and engaging in the culture of your business and seeing whether or not there is an opportunity here for uh, greater diversification of services or products. There's a lot of opportunity that is being, um, you know, not looked at. And now, especially where we're doing, uh, for those of us who are, you know, kind of privileged to be able to do their work remotely, where are the opportunities here? Look around and see how you and your staff and your vendors and your stakeholders are interacting and engaging with the world. And is there an opportunity to create some doggy desserts uh, <laughs> in your in your business? So really start to think about what is going on and how are people interacting? It's the things that people are doing that actually help create the best ideas because if they're already doing them, if they, you know, say if your, your staff is you know, producing widgets, and they're using the widgets in a particularly interesting way, could you modify those widgets just ever so slightly so that you could sell them for that specific use? Those are the kinds of ideas that really percolate from the actual real-world experience of your of the people around you, around in your community. Ask your community as well. Ask your, your past customers. Ask your uh, current customers. How are you using our products and services? And, uh, and then see whether or not that's something that can become uh, useful in uh, developing new and interesting ways in your business. Last but not least, I wanted to touch base on Elon Musk's Starlink internet satellite service. So it has been approved in the United Kingdom. It's starting to uh, go out to the beta kits are now going out to folks there. And in essence, I wanted to uh, just in, in, in a basic sense, I wanted to explain what this is. In essence, um, Elon Musk, which owns he owns Starlink, you know, he's a fame of Tesla and, and PayPal and, and so on and so forth. Uh, he has now this um, satellite uh, network that is in essence broadcasting high-speed broadband uh, internet access, mobile uh, access uh, for people. Now, the cool thing about this is that this is planet-wide, uh, planet which means that you can now be anywhere on the planet and you can get high-speed internet access. I mean, they're, they're talking about anywhere upwards of uh, 85 megabytes per second, which is pretty decent for being able to uh, run a business. And uh, I, I just think the implications of this are really profound, and we need to keep this in mind that uh, one, if you are a business owner who uh, provides services over the internet in some way, shape, or form, you're now capable of going ahead and thinking, well, do you need to be fixed in a location? Uh, and could you move to some place uh, where uh, traditionally you wouldn't be able to get high-speed internet access? Uh, but also now you can find talent in places where you otherwise wouldn't be able to, and you can access that talent because you can give them mobile broadband access that they, they otherwise couldn't have had before. And this has been a problem, uh, I think, you know, since the internet was born, is, is how do you get access to rural areas and uh, areas that don't have uh, great internet access? So I see some really great opportunities there. The flip side to that, right? So I see I see infrastructure and bringing internet to uh, the, the, the folks who can't get it as a really great function for small businesses to be able to increase their capability, their capacity and in infrastructure. Um, having it even as a backup for some some critical businesses, this is gonna be great. The other side to the, to the um, situation is that the people who get Starlink are not going to be, well, let's say they are going to be people who can afford uh, Starlink. And so that is a ready market that 
we can start to pay attention to. And if we can get that data right through either Google Analytics or other kinds of analytics services, as well as pushing ads to people who are accessing those services, uh, we will be able to then get in front of a buying audience that where we know the type of uh, circumstance they're in. Right, they're in a rural area. They are uh, technologically savvy. They want to have internet access in those spaces, and uh, and therefore we can potentially market to them. So I'm very interested in over the next probably year to five years, um, looking at whether or not a service like Starlink, as it gets rolled out and more and more people get access to it, can we get in front of those users and uh, of the service and what types of buyers are they? And is your small business poised to be able to sell to them? Uh, because they are going to be probably an affluent premium purchaser. And um, those are kinds of, uh, of, of a class of, of buyers that you might want to get in front of. So just wanted to kind of outline that for everybody that this is happening, and um, and I'm hoping that the United, St the United States and the FCC uh, go ahead and um, you know uh, approve the Starlink service here as well, and we can start to see people who are in rural areas of the country start to light up and get access to high-speed internet access. And uh, so with that, that brings us to nearly the close of today's discussion, and I wanted to let everybody know that our next webinar uh, for Web and Beyond webinars, that will be on January 24th first and uh, and so that will be a, uh, yeah January 21st and you can find out all about our events as we publish them at w3 the number three w3c inc.com forward slash events and you can go ahead and learn all about our of our upcoming events uh, we are skipping January I apologize but the calendar just um, is not on my side and I wasn't able to get our um, small business virtual roundtable uh, on for this month but we will be starting uh, back again in February uh, we will then uh, be hosting our webinars as usual and going forward there. Uh, if you all don't know, um, I'm running a new uh, digital community called Web and Beyond Community. If you go to www.webandbeyond.community, you can join us. Just fill in the form. I'll approve you into the system. And while we are small, we are going to be growing. And I'm looking forward to having you all in the community as we put on new events and build out new programs for the Web and Beyond community. And so uh, with that, I think that brings us to the end of our time today for Web and Beyond Live. Uh, if you've enjoyed this live stream, please feel free to click the thumbs up icon. I, I, as I understand it, that helps us make new small business friends. And so thank you for doing that. If you have a question, as always, leave a comment. You can tweet or message us at W, the number three, W3C. Um, uh, W3 Consulting, and uh, that's on Twitter and elsewhere. Um, you can join us here every Monday, uh, typically at 11 a.m. Eastern. We're going to be changing up the times over the next couple of weeks, but I'll, I'll try to announce that uh, the week prior so you kind of have an idea. But I do want to try some different times over the next few weeks. Um, thanks so much for spending this Web and Beyond Live with me. I'm Ray Sidney Smith on behalf of W3 Consulting and our subsidiary W3C Web Services. Have a great week ahead marketing your small business on the Web and Beyond.